Chapter Ten of the Story of Young Abraham Lincoln. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Story of Young Abraham Lincoln by Wayne Whipple. Chapter Ten Clerking and Working. He could make a few rabbit tracks. It was in August 1831 that Abraham Lincoln appeared in the village of New Salem, Illinois. Neither Denton Offutt nor his merchandise had arrived as promised. While paying the penalty of the punctual man by waiting for the tardy one, he seemed to the villagers to be loafing. But Abraham Lincoln was no loafer. He always found something useful and helpful to do. Now this time there was a local election, and one of the clerks had not appeared to perform his duties. A New Salem woman wrote of Lincoln's first act in the village. My father, Mentor Graham, was on that day as usual appointed to be a clerk, and Mr. McNamee, who was to be the other, was sick and failed to come. They were looking around for a man to fill his place, when my father noticed Mr. Lincoln and asked if he could write. He answered that he could make a few rabbit tracks. Piloting of a Family Flatboat a few days after the election the young stranger who had become known by this time as the hero of the flatboat on Rutledge's dam four months before Found employment as a pilot a citizen. Dr. Nelson was about to emigrate to Texas The easiest and best mode of travel in those days was by flatboat down the river He had loaded all his household goods and movable property on his private conveyance and was looking about for a driver Young Lincoln, still waiting, unemployed, offered his services, and took the Nelson family down the Sangamon River, a more difficult task in August than in April, when the water was high on account of the spring rains. But the young pilot proceeded cautiously down the shallow stream, and reached Beardstown on the Illinois River, where he was discharged and walked back over the hills to New Salem. Annoyed by the high praises of his employer Denton Offutt and his stock for the store arrived at last and Lincoln soon had a little store open for business a Country store seemed too small for a clerk of such astounding abilities So the too enthusiastic employer bought Cameron's mill with a dam on which Lincoln had already distinguished himself and made the clerk manager of the whole business This was not enough Offutt sounded the praises of the new clerk to all comers. He claimed that Abraham Lincoln knew more than any man in the United States. As Mr. Offutt had never shown that he knew enough himself to prove that statement, the neighbors began to resent such rash claims. In addition, Offutt boasted that Abe could beat the county runnin', jumpin', and wrestlin'. Here was something the new clerk could prove, if true, so his employer's statement was promptly challenged. When a strange man comes to the village to live even though no one boasted of his prowess He was likely to suffer at the hands of the rougher element of the place It was a sort of rude initiation into their society These ceremonies were conducted with a savage sense of humor by a gang of rowdies known as the Clary's Grove boys of whom the best fighter was Jack Armstrong Sometimes the boys nailed up a stranger in a hogshead and it was rolled downhill Sometimes he was ingeniously insulted or made to fight in self-defense and beaten black and blue by the whole gang 
They seemed not to be hampered by delicate notions of fair play in their actions toward a stranger. They picked on him, as chickens, dogs, and wolves do, upon a newcomer among them. So when young Lincoln heard his employer bragging about his brain and brawn, he was sufficiently acquainted with Backwood's nature to know that it boded no good to him. Even then he knew how to bide his time, and turned it to good account, for he had a good chance shortly to show the metal that was in him. The boys called, and began to banter with a long-legged clerk in the new store. Now this led to a challenge and comparison of strength and prowess between young Lincoln and Jack Armstrong. Abe accepted the gauntlet with an alacrity that pleased the crowd, especially the chief of the bully boys, who expected an easy victory. But Jack was surprised to find that this stranger was his match. Yes, more than his match. Others of the boys saw this also, and began to interfere by tripping Abe and trying to help their champion by unfair means. This made young Lincoln angry. Putting forth all his strength, he seized Armstrong by the throat and nearly choked the exuberant life out of him. When the boys saw the stranger shaking their best fighter as if he were a mere child, their enmity gave place to admiration. And when Abe had thrown Jack Armstrong upon the ground, in his wrath as a lion would throw a dog that had been set upon him, and while the strong stranger stood there, with his back to the wall, challenging the whole gang, with deep-set eyes blazing with indignation, they acknowledged him as their conqueror, and declared that Abe Lincoln is the cleverest fellow that ever broke into the settlement. The initiation was over, and young Lincoln's triumph complete. From that day the Clary Grove boys were his staunch supporters and defenders, and his employer was allowed to go on bragging about his wonderful clerk without hindrance. Giving Another Bully a Dose of Smart Weed a bumptious stranger came into the store one day and tried to pick a quarrel with a tall clerk. To this end he used language offensive to several women who were there trading. Lincoln quietly asked the fellow to desist, as there were ladies present. The bully considered this an admission that the clerk was afraid of him, so he began to swear and use more offensive language than before. As this was too much for Abraham's patience, he whispered to the fellow, that if he would keep quiet till the ladies went out, he, Lincoln, would go and have it out. After the women went, the man became violently abusive. Young Lincoln calmly went outside with him, saying, I see you must be whipped, and I suppose I will have to do it. With this he seized the insolent fellow and made short work of him. Throwing the man on the ground, Lincoln sat on him and with his long arms gathered a handful of smart weed which grew around them. He then rubbed it into the bully's eyes until he roared with pain. An observer of this incident said afterward, Lincoln did all this without a particle of anger, and when the job was finished, he went immediately for water, washed his victim's face, and did everything he could to alleviate the man's distress. The upshot of the matter was that the fellow became his lifelong friend, and was a better man from that day. How he made his fellow clerk give up gambling. Lincoln's morals were unusually good for that time and place. Smoking, chewing, drinking, swearing, and gambling were almost universal among his associates. Offit hired a young man, William G. Green, after the purchase of the mill. 
This assistant first told many of the stories now so well known concerning Abe at this period of his career. Young Green was, like most of the young men in New Salem, addicted to petty gambling. He once related how Lincoln induced him to quit the habit. Abe said to him one day, Billy, you ought to stop gambling with Estep. Billy made a lame excuse. I'm ninety cents behind, and I can't quit until I win it back. I'll help you get that back, urged Lincoln, if you'll promise me you won't gamble any more. The youth reflected a moment and made the required promise. Lincoln continued, Here are some good hats, and you need a new one. Now when Estep comes again, you draw him on by degrees, and finally bet him one of these hats that I can lift a forty-gallon barrel of whiskey and take a drink out of the bunghole. Billy agreed, and the two clerks chuckled as they fixed the barrel so that the bunghole would come in the right place to win the bet, although the thing did seem impossible to Green himself. Estep appeared in due time, and after a long parleying and bantering the wager was laid. Lincoln then squatted before the barrel, lifted one end up on one knee, then raised the other end on to the other knee, bent over, and by a Herculean effort actually succeeded in taking a drink from the bunghole, though he spat it out immediately. That was the only time, said Green long afterward, that I ever saw Abraham Lincoln take a drink of liquor of any kind. This was the more remarkable, as whiskey was served on all occasions, even passed around with refreshments at religious meetings, according to Mrs. Josiah Crawford, the woman for whom Abe and Nancy had worked as hired help. Much as Abe disapproved of drinking, he considered that the end justified the means employed to break his fellow clerk of his gambling habit. How he won the name of Honest Abe Abe Lincoln could not endure the thought of cheating anyone, even though it had been done unintentionally. One day a woman bought a bill of goods in Offutt's store, amounting to something over two dollars. She paid Abe the money and went away satisfied. That night, on going over the sales of the day, Abe found that he had charged the woman six and one-quarter cents too much. After closing the store, though it was late, he could not go home to supper or to bed till he had restored that sixpence to its proper owner. She lived more than two miles away, but that did not matter to Abe Lincoln. When he returned the money to the astonished woman, he walked back to the village with a long step and a light heart, content with doing his duty. Another evening, as he was closing the store, a woman came in for a half-pound of tea. He waited out for her, and took the pay. But early next morning, when he came to open up, he found the four-ounce weight instead of the eight-ounce on the scales, and inferred that he had given that woman only half as much tea as he had taken the money for. Of course the woman would never know the difference, and it meant walking several miles and back. But the honest clerk weighed out another quarter-pound of tea, locked the store, and took that long walk before breakfast as a constitutional. It must have been a benefit to his health, for it satisfied his sensitive conscience, and soothed his tender heart to make good in that way. Drink and misdirected enthusiasm interfered with Denton Offutt's success. After about a year in New Salem, he busted up as the neighbors expressed it, and left his creditors in the lurch. Among them was the clerk he had boasted so much about. For a short time Abe Lincoln needed a home, and found a hearty welcome with Jack Armstrong, the best fighter of Clary's Grove. 
J.G. Holland wrote in his Life of Abraham Lincoln of the young man's progress during his first year in New Salem. The year that Lincoln was in Denton off its store was one of great advance. He had made new and valuable acquaintances, read many books, won multitudes of friends, and became ready for a step further in advance. Those who could appreciate brains respected him, and those whose ideas of a man related to his muscles were devoted to him. It was while he was performing the work of the store that he acquired the nickname Honest Abe, a characterization that he never dishonored, an abbreviation that he never outgrew. He was everybody's friend, the best-natured, the most sensible, the best-informed, the most modest and unassuming, the kindest, gentlest, roughest, strongest, best fellow in all New Salem and the region round about. End of chapter 10